Welcome to the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly discussion of all things film and television. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by... I'm And Derek Wong. So tonight we have a jam-packed episode as we tackle the films of the legendary Ridley Scott and the killer year he's had with the two releases, The Last Duel and House of Gucci. Ridley Scott Power Hour here. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start off with uh, a little bit about our thoughts on Ridley Scott? As a director, his filmography, what have you seen? What have you not seen? Do you like him as a filmmaker? I think he's had a rough couple years of it before this, but actually not even. You know what? I was about to say that, but that's fucking not true. Because The yeah. Martian was only 2015, and I fucking really like that movie. Are either of you Alien Covenant fans? I am, actually. Yeah, you're an Alien Covenant fan? Alien Covenant fan? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I like Alien Covenant, too. <laughs> that David shit is so good. People get mad at Alien Covenant. It's like, oh, these people never behave in, like, the like whatever. They're not as bad as the motherfuckers in Prometheus. That's true. All right, so these Alien Covenant dudes, they're just, like, they're just schmoes on a spaceship. I think Prometheus had it worse, where, like, the map guy got lost. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the zoologist was poking at the space cobra. Like, both those people should have known better. But these are just like fucking regular schmoes or whatever on a spaceship. Uh, so I can forgive some, some stupid uh, uh, decisions on their part. All right, this might be a hot take, but I don't think Ridley Scott's ever made a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, I haven't seen all his movies, so I can't I've seen a actually lot of fight them. you on it. Have you seen Exodus Gods okay, and Kings? I was gonna say I was gonna say Exodus is his one dot. I think that one's really, really bad. <laughs> but yeah. I can see good stuff in like almost everything he's done. And he's fucking legendary. Gladiator, Alien, Blade Runner, Thelma and Louise. Yeah, he's got a long list of bangers. Like dude, even the duelists. Uh, his very first movie won Best Debut at Cannes, and it's like, yeah. it is to this day one of the best movies about a duel. Like if you like get into like the medieval weapons nerds people, like the historical Western martial arts people, and they're all about duels and swords and shit, this is, this is one of the movies that they love. Like, yeah. it's so good. Really, Scott, the duel master. <laughs> he is, he is. This is a great bookend. I mean, not that he's done, but like, it's, it, it, it would be really cool if he ended his career on a duel after starting with the duelists. <laughs> yeah. But we yeah, definitely know that this is not the end of his career, so. And maybe Robin Hood's kind of shitty, too. I say that because only House of Gucci technically came out after The Last Duel, so he didn't end his career on The Last Duel. Oh, right? okay. That's yeah, true. I guess that's, that's true. true. <laughs> Fuck. My general thoughts of Ridley Scott, like, I don't generally, like, hate his movies, but I also don't love his movies. I don't think that he resonates with me as a director maybe as much as like you jeff or like uh, anyone else that like loves really scott movies his movies are very hit or miss and it's kind of how the story of today's i think podcast will go so do you think that he has made at least like two classics derek uh i mean i like blade runner and i like gladiator okay so 
Are those classics, though? I guess your question is, are those classics? Yeah. I think those are classics to somebody. Um, But not to you. But not to me. Interesting. I like Gladiator, but I know there's people that love Gladiator, right? Like, that's like one of their favorite films of all time. And I don't know if I could put that on like a list of my favorite films of all time, right? Fair enough. Okay. Um, So, yeah. What about Alien? Um... This might be blasphemous. Dude, I'm going to fucking kill you. Don't even do this. Don't do this. (laughs) I'm going to burst out of your chest right now. I've seen them. I just like, they don't do much for me. I I don't know. Maybe it's when I watched it when I was younger and like I haven't revisited in a long time. So like I don't really remember them that well. Well, there's only one of them. So I mean, go back and watch Alien. Alien. What are you talking about? Oh, because he didn't do Because Aliens is Cameron. Cameron. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm getting them mixed up. Alien yeah. is a perfect movie. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I need to go back and watch Ali- Alien is a perfect movie. I-, I think that's inarguable. I actually don't like Blade Runner as much as most people do. Mm-hmm. Same here, actually. But I can't deny that it's a classic just because of, like, its influence, you know? I think most people call that one and two, like, back-to-back classics. And then, like, as I've said, The Duelist is amazing. That's, like, his first three movies right there. Bam, bam, bam. And then, like, he's made a lot of other stuff that's, like, good or just fun to watch. Gladiator. I don't know if you guys liked Black Hawk Down. That was, I don't know. I mean, Legend kind of slaps, too. I love Legend. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not a Legend fan. Okay, fair enough. Oh, you don't like Legend? Okay, all right. really? I like Legend. That's cool. Um, are you a Kingdom of Heaven guy? I'm a huge Kingdom of Heaven yeah, guy. Yeah, let's go. That movie fucking rips. Director's cut only, though. He's so good at, like, the medieval, like, he's really he, He's really he's good at so that. He's so good um, I like American Gangster. Yeah, American Gangster is good too. Covenant's good. The Martian's good. Even the last like ten years, like every other movie is. Well, maybe not every other. Dude, I'm a counselor apologist too. That movie's. Wild. I was going to say the counselor. Really, movie. I actually haven't seen it. It's a precursor to, to ten. <laughs> is it? Get out of here, Cameron Diaz fucking a car. <laughs> Brad Pitt getting his. Fingers and head chopped off by a fucking automatic garrot. <laughs> That's fucking insane. The movie's crazy. Spoiler alert, I guess. But that sounds actually pretty good. It's been over ten years. I think you're you're okay, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the thing with Ridley Scott is like he doesn't have like a distinct flavor. He's kind of all over the place. He's very versatile. He can do like pretty much anything, right? You have like. Mm-hmm. Alien, Legend, Thelma and Louise, uh, I don't know, G.I. Jane, Gladiator, and, like, The Martian. I feel like The Martian is, like, if you watch that and you're like, Ridley Scott directed that? You know? Yeah. Mm. A lot of his movies are, are sometimes like that. But he's a good one. I like him a lot. And especially his give-no-fucks attitudes these last couple of years and, like, the the press junkets and stuff. Uh, I think it's it's very hilarious how he tells people to fuck. He's like Logan Roy. <laughs> Telling people to fuck off and go fuck themselves. So it's uh, a very realistic film. It looks more realistic than Kingdom of Heaven or Robin Hood. If we're talking about your, uh, uh, f- you, f- you, thank you very much. F- you go f- yourself. Go on. So go on. He's eighty-four. So yeah, I, I don't think he has any fucks left to give anymore. <laughs> What other directors in that age range? Scorsese? For a Hoven. Scorsese? Uh, I feel like Scorsese is a little younger. He's in his 70s, right? Is he? He's not in his 80s know. yet. Clint Eastwood, who's in his mm, 90s Eastwood. now. Eastwood, yeah, Eastwood. Okay, Scorsese is 79. So he's close. I'm pretty sure Verhoeven's in his 80s. 
Uh, uh, 83, exact same age. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Rohoven's still out there pumping out bangers, too. I always want to put Lars von Trier in there, but he's not close to that age. He's only 65. 60s, probably? Yeah. Uh, David Lynch. He's 75. Yeah, but again, that's even worse than 79, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It's not closer, Christ. Woody Allen's 86, but he can go straight to hell, whatever. We don't need to talk about that one. Well, do you guys want to get into our main reviews? I guess I think we're starting with House of Gucci, right? Yeah. Both very polarizing movies. I think for different really? reasons. Obviously, yes. Very polarizing. A lot of people hate the Last Duel, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> I mean, if you think they're both polarizing, that means a lot of people also hate the House of Gucci. Why? Why do they hate? People the House think of Gucci? it's bad. They think it's really bad. They think the acting is bad. Sorry, are we talking about House of Gucci. Are we talking. We're about talking about House of Gucci. Okay, they think the Gucci. accents in in House of Gucci are bad. They hate Jared Leto in it. They say everyone seems like they're in a different movie, acting in a different movie. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that's false. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of the criticisms, but, like, I don't view all of those as negatives, actually. (laughs) They don't all, like... It's kind of part of the appeal. So, I went to see this with my wife, and we both really liked it. And we both admit that there are some very big flaws in it. But we had a great time with this movie. I would generally agree. There are parts that I definitely liked about House of Gucci, and I think it does stem a lot from some of those criticisms that you brought up from some people. Like, my favorite part of this movie is Jared Leto, and Mine his too. crazy character, <laughs> He's great. his crazy accent, and like the energy he brings to this movie. But generally, like, I wasn't as big of a fan of the movie as you, Jeff. I came out of the movie thinking it was a little too long i think for me adam driver was a little bit miscast like kind of contrast his role in like the last duel versus this one and like oh i agree I'd like he's I liked the him weak so link. much yeah i think he's the weak link in house Ooh, i don't really think you don't agree? so no i thought he did a perfect job as like a nebbish useless dickhead who like kind of <laughs> finds his balls uh, halfway through his marriage, and spoiler alert, gets shot for it. <laughs> <laughs> his arc is so abrupt, though, for how long the movie is. Like, yeah. they go on that ski trip, and all of a sudden he's a fucking raging asshole. Like, what happened? <laughs> there's there's no, like, gradual heel turn there, which I found very, very surprising. I thought um, it was super believable that just, like, the entire time he's been repressing his fucking, I don't know, resentment of his wife. He's like a conflict-avoidant person. He doesn't want to ever confront his wife on her bullshit. And then after a while, he gets fed up. And instead of being like, it just boils hey, let's, let's address this problem as adults. He's like, oh, uh, we need to get divorced. And I'm cheating on you. Bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not saying it's like okay, a mature reaction. But I feel like it's totally in keeping with the guy we see who is like, I don't know, kind of impetuous, but like able to be let around by his wife, but also realized that she's realized that she's also an idiot. Like, I don't know, like, yeah, I, I totally bought it. I thought he was dead on, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked him earlier in the movie when they kind of, like, first meet and that flirtatious period between their relationship. I like seeing that part, you know, where he gets booted out of the family for a little bit. Yeah, he's got to, like, lift himself by the bootstraps, work in yeah. his wife's, like, construction company bus yeah, job yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. bus yeah. job, so, the, yeah. Yeah, I liked all that. But then, like, when they brought them back into the fold is when i started to really like lose 
interest in their dynamic. I guess I focused more on like the Jared Leto character for some like I don't know. I was just so fascinated by that character and his performance and I was just like, this is awesome. I, I don't know. I laughed every second he was on screen. Yeah. I just thought he was I fucking he was hilarious. Amazing. I thought he was so good. It's me, Paolo. How could you? And like full disclosure, I fucking hate Jared Leto. I think he's insufferable. <laughs> And I think, like, his onset shenanigans are fucking awful. Like, putting, like, used yeah, condoms and, like, shitty human Viola Davis' person. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll take this Jared Leto over, like, fucking Suicide Squad Jared Leto or, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Even Blade Runner Jared Leto, who's all, like, disappeared up his own ass and shit. This was funny. I, I thought it was funny. It was a caricature. And probably yeah. unlike the real human being. But who gives a fuck? I thought... I thought it was funny. I was entertained. What about you, Amir? I mean, I know you've kind of already given your thoughts, but I don't know if you... Yeah, no. Yeah. So I liked it. Probably similar to you, Derek, or maybe in between the two of you. I didn't love it. I I agree with you, Derek. It was overlong. I thought the first half or so, I really, really enjoyed a ton. Mm -hmm. And I think it just lost momentum a half to two-thirds of the way through. And it really drags... Until, I guess, the ending, which is a little punchy. But it does lose some momentum uh, part of the way through. And I think, overall, it never gets down in the muck enough. Like, it's not... I expected, like, Game of Thrones-level shenanigans mm-hmm. and, like, family plotting. And it, it, it kind of isn't, really. Like, they screw Paolo, and then they screw his dad, and then they're too dumb to run Gucci themselves and get run out. Like, it's it's it's, it's, it's kind yeah. of straight... It's sort of straightforward. I expected a little more intrigue or a little more sleaze. Like, I don't know. It just it didn't live up to those aspects. Like, I thought it was going to be, I don't know. I was expecting some Game of Thrones level fucking uh, sex position. I just didn't really get that either. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think in the end, it's like a farce, right? But it doesn't really commit to that farce, I don't think. It's not campy enough to be camp. And I know it's not really a fashion movie, but for a movie about Gucci, I kind of wanted a little bit more like... The glitz and the glamour, uh, which they didn't really show that much. But I think that's partially intentional. Like, I think Scott isn't at all really interested in that. I think that really goes with his, like, color tone, like, the very muted color tone that I think he gives. Yeah, I think it would have made a more interesting movie, though, Mm -hmm. if if it committed at least a little bit more to the fashion. But I, I definitely agree with what you said, Amir. Like, you expected a little more, like interfamily plotting and stuff like that and and it didn't really deliver on that end and basically everyone's a buffoon right but they don't really like commit to that it's not like uh it's not like a coen brothers flick or something right yeah yeah hoisted by their own petard or whatever yeah it's definitely sort of disappointing on that level so yeah i walked out thinking great first half liked the performances i i I told you i even liked that in driver i thought lady gaga was great by the way Mm -hmm. i don't think anyone has anything bad to say about her in this movie and I'm not an accent guy, though, so I will say that, like, the accent stuff falls on deaf ears for me. I, I don't really, like, I don't know, I'm not Italian, I'm not good at accents. I, I, I can't be a good judge of, like, whether someone's properly rolling their R's or, like, I don't know, clipping their consonants properly or whatever. I just, I just, I just can't. I mean, Ridley Scott's been, like, criticized for the accents in both this and the last duel and and i think in both instances he's like go fuck yourself whatever <laughs> well yeah i don't i don't give a shit about it in the last duel either i mean it doesn't make sense in either movie because in neither of these yeah. movies are these characters speaking english 
in real life, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. In the House of Gucci, they're all Italian and they're speaking Italian. And in The Last Duel, they're all medieval French, Frenchmen right, yeah. speaking, I don't know, Parisian or whatever dialect existed before French. I don't know. Maybe French existed. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, ah, the accent shit. I don't care. Like I get Ridley Scott gets dinged a lot for like the lack of historical accuracy. And sometimes it is like dumb and annoying stuff that he does, but not, I don't know. Not in this case. I think, I think the accent stuff is just, yeah, I do think, uh, in house of Gucci, it, it does come back towards the end a little bit. I think the whole hiring the hitmen was fucking hilarious. I love the the actors that played the, the bumbling hitmen and and the whole uh, Salma Hayek character. I thought was really funny too. She's very funny. And I thought the old guard in House of Gucci was great. Like Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, doing really solid shit in there. I, I really like them both. Jeremy Irons does not even attempt to do an Italian accent, and it's and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. It's, <laughs> it's totally fine because he has the, like the best lines in the movie where he's tearing Paolo down. Oh yeah. That's probably yeah, the highlight yeah. of the movie. It's he, so he also had the, I think, the funniest moment in the movie where he's just talking, and then all of a sudden it just fucking cuts to him in a coffin. <laughs> 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 I just laugh. So that's such a like choice that I fucking admire. It's like such a ballsy, funny choice. It's good. It's good. The funny thing is, I think like for as small of a role as the Jared Little Paolo character is, I think right. I mean, he's not top build. In the sense that, like, the main focus is really the Adam Driver and Lady Gaga characters. I feel like the Jared Leto character gets more depth, I think, than some of the other main players. Because, like, he's the one who goes through this kind of, like, phase of glamour. Like, he tries to put himself out there as a designer and gets shot down. But then, and, and at the end, we see him, like, in this downtrodden place with his father, like, I just found that character, again, so much more fascinating than, like, most other characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, that's, like, my main takeaway from this movie. Like, that's the only thing I feel like I'm going to remember from this movie, as bad as that <laughs> sounds, is is his character and his performance, yeah. You remember that weird sex scene? That doesn't stick out in your mind? I like that sex scene. I thought it was good. <laughs> oh, the one in the, uh, in the trailer? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say it's energetic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but Lady Gaga, Dark Horse win at the New York Film Critics Circle for Best Actress. Good for her. Yeah. Over who? Over anyone else. Over Kristen Stewart. Over... Are the nominees or is it just like there's a winner and that that's it? They don't release the ballots. So actually oh, that was part of the big controversy where someone was like, oh, you need to release the ballots and, and stuff. But like... I think these film critic circle awards are kind of cool, as long as you don't take them as like precursors to the Oscars. You know, mm-hmm. like let them choose whoever they they want to choose. Yeah, I thought it was a fun choice choosing Lady Gaga. It was a surprising choice, but I can respect it. Would you guys encourage people to see this movie? I guess I had a good time. So I asked my wife like which movie was better, The Last Duel or House of Gucci. And she said The Last Duel is obviously better, but she would rewatch House of Gucci over The Last Duel, which I can see why. <laughs> That's fair. House of Gucci fair. is fun. House of Gucci yeah. is definitely a little more fun. I just I wish it was more fun. I think if yeah. it was a, yeah, 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 I think yeah. if it was a half hour shorter and it leaned into the like sleaziness a little more, it'd be a much much better movie. But I would still encourage people to go see it. I think Gaga's performance is good enough, and I like Adam Driver in this that I would encourage people yeah. to go see it. And really, Scott's good. He's just he's just good, man. It's it's just nice to see like good filmmaking. I think it's it's still like as much as it's flawed. I think it's still a pretty good movie. I don't know. I would still encourage people to go watch.
watching. Yeah, I don't think it's bad by any means. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think this movie's bad. I didn't review it, but I'd probably give it like a B minus. Is that, is that fair. fair? That's fair. No, I think that's fair. Isn't that what you give everything? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've given a lot of A's recently, actually. <laughs> you have. It's been a good I year. because we have a lot of good it movies. Been a good it's year, been a good yeah. year. I think it's, it's going to be a really packed end to this year. There's a lot of good stuff that we've seen, a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out pretty soon that I'm looking forward to. I mean, I was looking forward to this a, a lot, so yeah. Uh, very surprising how much better this well i guess it's not surprising but like this did a lot better than the last duel like this actually yeah. made money where the last duel is like uh now a notorious flop i don't think anyone knows the last duel even exists i don't think so either. like this has lady gaga to carry it but it somehow has, a movie yeah. with like matt damon and ben affleck and adam driver somehow they none of them have the star power for anyone to even be like oh i'll see this movie yeah i think like just the concept of the movie star is kind of dead right like she's just a celebrity on her own now because of her music mm-hmm. career and so yeah. like she has enough pull that way like you can't even get like will smith to get people to put their butts in the seat you know so like what mm-hmm. chance do fucking matt damon and ben affleck have wait what did will smith not deliver on like anything in the last 10 years that he's done bullshit dude he came through with fucking suicide squad that movie made boatloads of money not because i i doubt people went to that movie well they, of they him. made the they made the reboot without him and it fucking bombed <laughs> i liked it but guess what it didn't have will smith in it and it did bad it's not because it didn't i mean like, i don't know man that's a whole other discussion <laughs> that's a completely yeah. different discussion king richard didn't do that well did it even not though it was like a no that's pretty surprising, actually. I didn't realize that. Did Bad Boys for Life do well? I'm sure that made a ton of money. Right? Oh, yeah. They made a ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bad Boys for Life. That did well. Yeah. And anyway, we're getting, getting fucking distracted. I, I do yeah. agree with you. The movie star is dead. I just don't want you to tarnish Will Smith's name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even fucking – didn't even Bright do well? They that saved Netflix it. Yeah, well. It's hard to tell, well, right? Well, yeah. And they didn't do another one. So maybe it didn't do that well, right? All right. Like – before, I was like, all right, Netflix reports its numbers. Maybe they're accurate. Now, I just think they're fucking flat out lying about shit because oh, there's like 100%. Red Notice is the biggest movie of all time on Netflix. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know a single person who's even seen Red Notice or even talks about it. All right. Well, uh, a buddy at work did recommend it to me. So people are talking about it. People are talking about it. So yeah, um, go see Red Notice. Will Smith is still a movie go star. Go see Red Notice. Um, the, rock, the Rock's a movie star. Podcast over. I like. I don't disagree. Agree, but you'd have to like prove it to like that's okay, fine, that's plausible to me. You'd have to show me the numbers, but I totally agree. He's got like that megawatt sort of charisma. People seem people seem to like him. Okay, we should really end this conversation soon, but I, I do agree with you guys that like partially, like the idea of a movie star, like the traditional idea of like the 90s or maybe like early 2000s of like just one person like on the poster can like sell a movie, like that yeah. idea is dead. But I don't think the idea of movie stars in the sense are dead. Like, I think that there are still people that are attracted to certain movies because who they see on the poster. Right? Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. I just don't think you're at the point anymore where just one person is going to sell a movie. Like, the closest, maybe, in like my opinion, is still Tom Cruise, maybe. But he's very selective in what he chooses nowadays where, like, he only does Mission Impossibles and, like, you know, you're going to see them because of him and they make a lot of money. Anything outside of that, like, doesn't do well either. Like, Edge of Tomorrow didn't do well. Oblivion didn't do well. 
Uh, the new mummy didn't do well. So <laughs> even true. then, he's not like a sure thing either. Yeah. I think the idea of a sure thing because of your star power, that's gone. That's dead and buried, I think. Anyway, last duel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let us get into our second movie tonight, The Last Duel. Very interesting double feature with House of Gucci, by the way. Both about women railing against the patriarchy in some way or other. Mm-hmm. House of Gucci with with Patrizia here with uh with Lady Marguerite and a lot of people did not like this movie. A lot of people think its depiction of rape is excessive that they show it too many times, which I don't agree with at all. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of wanted to get a woman, like a female critic, to jump on this podcast. But I think December is just a hard time to get a guest. I think this movie is very, very progressive in the story that it wants to tell. And I think people who say this movie is offensive just really, like, discount the contributions of Nicole Holofcener, right? The the third writer on this movie other than Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And she wrote the entire, like, third act of this movie. Did she? Yeah, so she had a lot of contributions to the Lady Marguerite section of the movie, which I think is, like, maybe the best leg of this movie. Ooh, I don't know about that. I mean, I don't know. It's all good. All right, this movie fucking rules, by the way. I fucking love this movie. Yeah, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Let's get that out of the way first. I think this is, like, rocketing up my top ten list of the year. I think it's definitely going to be up there somewhere. I agree, but I just think that the movie's a little problematic because it's another white remake of an Asian movie. It's just white Rashomon. <laughs> we already have Rashomon. It's just like The Departed. Like, I, I, and uh, yeah, I can't, I can't continue to support this trend of uh, whitewashing great Asian movies. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> is, is, there anyone who actually, is there actually anyone who said that? That might be a unique take. If so, you heard it here first on Strange Harbors. Um, <laughs> I just might shit post that tomorrow just to see what kind of reaction <laughs> I get on you should. That, that I think if you post it at like, the right time of day it'll be a bag you, you said this offline the other day people were like this is just fucking rape Rashomon and then it's like what the fuck do you think Rashomon's about <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that movie's about rape I stole that from someone on Twitter but yes there's definitely just people are just completely missing the point yeah I mean I, I love this fucking movie I think it's just Ridley Scott firing on all cylinders. All the performances are fucking great. Ben Affleck stealing the show. I, I think he's love him and his goofy little blonde goatee. He's amazing. <laughs> he's so funny in this. I think intentionally so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he just steals the show. Here as a man of honor, you say I am not the captain. You say to me I am not the captain here. I say to you whatever I like. I decide who's the captain of them. That is what you prize. That. That sycophant. Sycophants all! I will sue. I will sue you for this! In just three years, you've managed to marry a traitor's daughter, sue me for land that never belonged to you, and to stand before me for the second time in as many years, threatening, once again, sue. All while speaking of duty and honor. This is how you serve me. I serve the king. The king. The king. Heaven and earth! 
Give me a nurse plot. <laughs> Jodie Comer's fucking fantastic. She's, She's great. So good. Yeah, Matt Damon's good too. Everyone's good. Adam Driver. I think better here than in House of Gucci. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, but he's uh, – we never talked about it. He's not bad in House of Gucci. I think he's a perfect wallflower nebbish <laughs> guy. Whatever. We, so we already talked about it. Moving on. Do you guys know Jodie Comer from Killing Eve? Are you guys fans of that show? No. I've watched the first season and then I just never uh, continued. I don't know why. I just fell off of it, but she's the best part of that show. That's the only other thing I, I know her from. I want to clarify. Uh, I say no as in not that I'm not a fan of her. No as in I've never seen Killing Eve. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I don't want to get any- All right. Dodging that cancellation. Good job. <laughs> but I, I mean, I have seen, I mean, she's having quite a summer. I mean, I have seen Free Guy and I actually really enjoyed her in that. Um, I think she's one of the better parts of that movie too. So, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think she's having uh, quite a year on herself. There's for, no uh, amount of convincing me that fucking Free Guy is a good movie. <laughs> I don't think anything can convince me that it's not horrible. <laughs> I don't know, man. Really? Okay. 80% Rotten Tomatoes? It's got the dark stamp of approval? Good is a, like, a very like subjective thing, but I will say that I had a lot of fun with it. I, it's nothing more than I wanted wanting to go into that movie, right? Like It wasn't this like high-thinking, like, I think I'm going to be blown away by this movie in the sense that, you know, it's the last duel, but I had a lot of fun with it. I had no complaints at, at the end of it when I when I came out of that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back to this movie. Yeah, I do agree with you guys. I really loved all the performances of this this movie. I Actually, my favorite performance is, I think, the Matt Damon character or the Matt Damon performance. Yeah, a lot of nuance in that, which yeah. I think is really, really fantastic. Because I think his character is the one that gets the most mileage out of the Rashomon construction, just like the tiny differences in the performances. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. Just the way that he's portrayed. So, I mean, do you guys want to give a little synopsis of the movie? I think House of Gucci is just House of Gucci. You know, like, it's it's the story of the fall of Gucci, like the, the Gucci family. But here, I think we could benefit from a little bit of a synopsis. Uh, let's see if we can try to sum this up. So it's a story of the last judicial duel in medieval France. It's based on a book of the same name, right? Yes, so. the last duel. Yeah, is the, the last duel, a true story of trial by combat in medieval France. So I guess um, one knight accuses another knight of having raped his wife, and I guess in medieval France at the time, one of your judicial options was trial by combat, and. That's sort of what the movie is about. It's split into three stories, one from uh, the husband's perspective, one from the uh, alleged rapist's perspective, and one from the wife's perspective. And it's about how those stories all differ, and uh, it's about the duel itself and the outcome. So, yeah. It's It's also a little different from Rashomon because it does tell you which uh, perspective yeah, is yeah, the yeah, true absolutely. one. And I think that's what people are like. Maybe missing, or like, but I thought it, it, it. I thought it was so clear which side the movie was on. Like, I don't know how you could have missed it. So when I came out of the movie, I heard a bunch of people discussing. Oh, who do you think was telling the truth, or whatever? I found that very, very funny because I guess they missed the title card. The, yeah, the title card literally says the truth. The truth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. I think they just might have missed that last section because it says. The truth according to Lady Marguerite. But then everything fades except for the words the truth. So they might have missed that. I agree. But even so, I think even if you missed that title card, 
like that third section, as you said, I see why you call it the best. Is it's like definitely the most like interesting and layered and revelatory. Mm-hmm. And so, like the film's heart is clearly like in that third section, right? Mm-hmm. Even in Legree's own portrayal of the story, he's still a rapist. Yes, I found that so, so interesting. Like, Mm-hmm. His own story doesn't exactly exonerate him, right? Like, it's pretty clear from the beginning the movie was going to be on her side, right? And all her sympathies yes. are, are going to be with her. I found that very, very interesting way of, like, portraying the rape. And that's exactly the reason why I thought, like, the multiple depictions was so... Not, like, great. Like, it's not like I want to watch, like, the super brutal rape scene twice. But I thought it just hammered home, like, what this whole movie was about and people who were complaining was like oh it's redundant it's like pretty much the same scene no, and it's, it's not that's kind of like they're very different they're a little scenes. different but it's kind of the point where like even from Legree's own perspective he's crossing a line there right i mean like it's that's clearly rape i was a little surprised by by that actually because i thought yeah his own perspective would be more um exculpatory but i guess from his own perspective, it was, right? So, like, from the, I don't know, modern 2021 perspective, we all look at that and go, that's right. But maybe in 13-whatever uh, medieval France, maybe maybe that's a, maybe that is sort of yeah. uh, exculpatory, right? Not to put too fine a point on it, but, like, his whole defense is like, oh, she put up a little bit of, like, customary resistance, but, like, that's just what ladies do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, like, A... Wait a minute, my dude. So you're saying go around serial raping people? And B, echoes, like, defenses that you've heard in, like, the modern era, right? Like, yeah, like, the event it depicts is 700 years old or whatever, but, like, that's a very common thing you've heard in the modern day. Yeah, we also get that scene earlier in the movie, right, where they're at, like, the party, and he, like, grabs that one woman. Like, you know, they're basically having an orgy in front of this party being held by the Ben Affleck character, right? And, like, he grabs that one particular woman, and, like, she's being held down, and, like, it's already, like, loosely, like, you know, our definitions that could be considered rape, you're, like, kind of questioning, like, well, is this all part of the fun, or is this... Yeah, it's definitely rapey. I mean, yeah, and, and yeah. they definitely intentionally mirror that scene mm-hmm. of... Uh, her getting carried over her Running shoulder. around the table, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. carrying over the shoulder. Yeah. If you run, I will only chase you. Like, it's, um, yeah, it's, that's definitely a very, very intentional... Um, mirroring of the scene. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's an origin of party. I do think... That's in a whorehouse because he says something about like himself being a client or something like that. Right, oh, I right, right, right. That. Yeah. Okay. So I do think that does shade it a little bit. Like maybe it's less rape. Like maybe she consented to this sort of rape like role play. Or I, yeah, like, yeah, I don't really yeah, yeah. know, but yeah. it doesn't really matter either way, right? But I just thought like the subtle differences in the portrayals of that scene from uh, LaGrise's perspective and Lady Marguerite was so interesting to me. Just, like, the very subtle differences. Like, in LaGrise's version, she takes off her shoes before running up the stairs. Yes. Mm -hmm. She, like, kicks them off. Yeah, she takes them off. And then in Lady Marguerite's version, from her perspective, they fly off while she's fleeing from him, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought that was very, like, an unspoken differential between those two scenes that I I found very, very effective. And, like, just the mannerisms, like, obviously the the Legree perspective is rape, no doubt about it, but there's subtle differences between, like, Lady Marguerite's, like, 
mannerisms. Like the nose in from her perspective are way more emphatic. She's like screaming and kicking way more. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just very, very effective without beating you over the head with it, right? Like if they wanted to make this like sledgehammer subtle, they would just have them completely different, right? And I think because they're so similar it adds to how effective that scene is. But I even like the way he handles the same scenes and they're almost played the same. Yes. You know, they're played so similar, but they're from the three different perspectives. I'm thinking about the, like the reconciliation party that they have like near the middle of the of their stories where, you know, Adam Driver's Legree's character thinks that like she's eyeing him, right? And she's like mm-hmm. kind of like one is attracted to him, but then in her perspective, yes, she's doing that, but she's basically telling her husband, like, oh, you just have to be cordial with them. And then, you know, that's how you right, right, get right. past this relationship. And it's just really, really interesting to see, like, essentially, like, he kind of filmed three different movies, mm-hmm. but it's all part of, like, this one movie, right? This this one movie told from three different perspectives. I, I think for me, the hardest thing to watch was not even the rape. It was the scene, like, after the rape. And, and this was during the, um, I think this is during the Marguerite perspective, when she's, like, trying to tell... Uh, Jean de Carouge or whatever, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon's character about it. And then he's like, okay, come, let's go have sex now. Time for you, another rape. Yeah. Yeah. He can't be the last person that lays with you, basically, right? Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that is heartbreaking for me. Just heartbreaking yeah. to see that. Yeah. Just a different kind of rape, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of his perspective? Because we've been contrasting like Marguerite's and uh, Legree's, right? But what about Carouge's perspective? What did you think of his first section of the film? I fucking loved it. I was going to say, it's really interesting to see his perspective and like, he comes off as almost this perfect gentleman. And then but when you see those scenes again in like the perspective of the Marguerite character, like, you know, when he comes home again, when he gets sent off to war, like again, and then he just gives her the cold shoulder. And then like the the scene that I was describing, like, you know, the one where he's like, Come, you know, lay with me again. It it, it is really interesting to see his highfalutin image of himself being broken down by the Marguerite character. Yeah, I I mean, across all three perspectives, it's, I think, very telling for the, the changes to de Carouge's character, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he thinks himself as, like, the doting husband and, like, the honorable gentleman who's been done wrong by Legree and Ben Affleck's... What, what's Ben Affleck's name in this movie? Pierre, the Lord Pierre. Pierre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's just very very funny that like from Legree's perspective he's just like this whiny little bitch who won't shut the fuck up and like <laughs> um demands to be called sir and is suing everyone <laughs> mm-hmm. I will not be patronized by this squire who lies about court waiting to be fated with gift upon gift upon gift and risks nothing. Nothing. He may acquire more property in this world. Find more favor. Eat more, drink more, bed more, and otherwise call himself a man of arms. But in this hall, and any other, 
in my company. He will call me Sir. 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 Indeed, good sir. <clears throat> Enjoy your time in Paris, Sir Jean. He's a dullard. Yeah, he's a dullard. He yeah. can't read. He's like boorish. He's no fun. He's like boring stick in the mud or whatever. Um, he's like dour and like, yeah, he's just, he's just like the worst. He like keeps his wife like locked away in a tower and doesn't socialize. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the scene where Lady Marguerite like tells him that she's been raped. That's so fascinating too, right? Because from his perspective, He's like, oh, immediately defending her honor. And like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to get to the bottom of this and he's going to pay for what he did. But then from like Lady Marguerite's perspective, like that whole marriage has like a different viewpoint to it, right? It's it's a different yeah. connotation where, where he's just like this cold, unloving person who only wants her for producing an heir. And then when she says that she's been raped... He, like, grabs her by the neck, and he's like, are you lying? Are you lying? Yeah, he said the same thing from his perspective, but it's much less violent. It's yeah, much he, less... Yeah. right, like, right, right. He's physically and verbally much less violent. And he doesn't say, like, the worst thing that he said um, from her perspective, where he says, can this man do nothing but evil to me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 mm-hmm. right. Just mm-hmm. completely centers the whole thing about himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, the film isn't subtle about the fact that it, you're supposed to be on her side. Like, it's not. Oh, yeah. Su- like, there's no, so many right, things right, that right. come straight out and say. She says, I have no legal standing without your support. Like, the lawyers, I don't know if they're lawyers, whatever. They say, oh, like, women, like, do not exist. They do not have, like, legal standing. Rape is not a crime against a woman. It's a crime against, like, the property her husband of a man. For, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they say all this stuff out loud, and you're supposed to be like, oh, wow, this is fucked up. We're against this. But people are like, oh, oh, the movie said it? So that means the movie must support it. Like, come yeah. on, man. I think a lot of people are like, oh, just depiction equals endorsement or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 100% like, fucking not true. And I don't think this movie could be any clearer about its, like, skating takedown of, of like, the patriarchal system. It hits and, you over the head so many times. Like, marital rape is bad. Like, excusing rape by saying she wanted it is bad. Like, women not having legal standing is bad. Like, it almost turns to the screen, like Jim from The Office style, and says, like, don't be raping. Like, it's very, (laughs) very, like, on the nose hitting you over the head with it. If you don't get it, I don't know, man. Yeah, and, like, there's, like, something to be said also, like, the message that (laughs) it's almost, like, her fault that she hasn't had a child yet. Right, because mm-hmm. she yeah, has that's a huge enjoyed, the movie enjoyed the sex, or you know, enjoyed the the intercourse with her husband. Yeah, that was also another kind of heart wrenching thing to to watch. The whole horse thing is another, just like another yeah. metaphor for that, right? This mare that gets like attacked by a stallion, and you know, the whole thing where he has these mares in order for their breeding, and like very clear, the the mare is penned up. Why is the mare penned up, and why can't she be free? Why can't the horses be used for work and actually be useful in the same way that she's being useful to her household or her husband's away at war? Like, it's very clear. Like, it's not hiding any of this from you at all. I, I do like that it also added the added layer of women also enforcing the patriarchy with, like, her friend, like, not her believing her, her. Well, I was going to say her friend not believing her and her mother-in-law being like, hey, I was raped too and I took it in silence or whatever because I didn't want to rock the boat. Like, why don't you do the same? And mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, wow, that's fucked up. You sh- shouldn't have had to do that. Like, that really sucks. 
don't know, it comes out right out right out and says all of these things, and it's not subtle about them, but it's still done with a degree of skill, I thought. Like I mean, I did get that sense that this wasn't like the first time anyone's ever done this, but there is like this air of she is rebellious in that manner, right? That she is speaking out in this way that women normally don't in this era. It's kind of standing for her own position, even though it's in the end, it's Matt Damon's character that has to fight for it. But Mm -hmm. I I did get that. And I think that's where the contrast of the mother and that friend come from. Mm -hmm. She's clearly atypical in her society for the stand she she takes. It all contributes to the narrative like that even when it's her that's been raped, it's still all about the men, right? Yeah. And like, Mm -hmm. um, it's about the men's honor. It's about Dick Caruja's honor fighting this duel. And like, before the duel, she finds out that like if he loses, she's gonna die, right? She's gonna burn at the stake if if her husband loses the duel. You knew what would happen to me should you lose this duel. You knew and you didn't tell me. God will not punish those who tell the truth. My fate and our child's fate will be written not by God's will. But by which old man will tire first. begged you to find another way and now I might be burned alive. I am risking my life for you. Mm. You are risking my life so you can fight your enemy and save your pride. And that could render our child an orphan. Or did you not think of that? I, I think the last leg of this movie is just fantastic. I mean, you can see in her leg of the movie that she's really the brains of the operation, right? Her husband's kind of a fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So her disrespect to him is definitely scathing. Okay. As much as, like, I like the third, this, her third section of the movie is definitely the most revelatory. Like, it it does the most, most with the different perspectives, right? By showing you. Because the first two perspectives are kind of parallel. You do see events that both men were in. But because she wasn't there at most of those events, the third, the third narrative has to weave this completely different tale, right? You're seeing this completely mm-hmm. di- different set of events. And it even shows you stuff like her friends who weren't even characters in the other two narratives, right? Women just right, don't even right. women don't even exist in those two narratives. Like in the narratives of the two men. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly. Right. You know, like her friend Marie or whatever. Like doesn't even exist or whatever. Um so it it's it definitely does the most. But I don't know, those two narratives also have a lot to recommend them. I love oh, all the sure. medieval war shit. I just love that stuff. It's so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing we haven't talked about yet that I think deserves to be talked about is the the action in this movie. Awesome. That that really re- revolves around the two male characters, right? That that very prominent battle we see in the beginning of the movie, and then of course the last duel, right? Mm-hmm. I think the action in this movie is just great. Yeah, Ridley Scott directs the shit out of that stuff. It's so good. There's something to be said about like the use of also blood. That I thought was so well handled. Like, you know, I, I think about someone like Tarantino, which like I know his use of blood is very personal where it's like sometimes like, you know, I think about a movie like Kill Bill where it's like it's almost comical. But like there's just a very visceral, very real feeling I get when I watch this this kind of like It action. looks real, not like cartoony. Yeah, it's not cartoony. This just like feels real. Like it feels like it's almost. I, I mean, maybe Amir, you could speak to this better. But like it feels like <laughs> the, like real amount of blood that might be like spurting out of someone. Or oh, okay, I didn't realize you were going for medicine nerd angle. 
Oh, no, I thought you were going for, like, a, hi- a history nerd angle, in which case I was going to go on my rant about the Hundreds Year War and the political context of the fights therein, but whatever, fine, we'll skip that. Um, <laughs> I think the verisimilitude is really good. Like, even though the fights are, I think, I don't know, like, I don't think Adam Driver and Matt Damon actually, like, learned to, like, sword fight for this movie or whatever. If you watch enough, like, I don't know, YouTube of people who are into, like, sword fighting and stuff, you can, like, kind of tell the difference. Um, this still does a little bit, a, a lot of, like, close-in work and quick cuts and stuff to, like, hide the fact that these guys aren't, like, medieval fighters, which is fine, whatever, I don't care, because it, it still looks, it looks awesome. It looks so good. And that's kind of the point I wanted to make, like, it, it's, unlike most things which use those tricks, I don't know, this, this just comes out looking amazing. Yeah. That final fight is so brutal. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. All the fights are really good. It's messy, it hits fucking hard. It's great. I think a lot of movies, at least a lot of like medieval movies I've seen in the past where like action is just so fluid and it just feels so effortless. Like there's this element of like, I I felt like I was getting tired, right? Watching these guys fight in that heavy armor and just like blow after blow. And like, especially that last duel, like I felt the effort it took at the end, right? To finish that duel. That's just like another element that just makes, makes it so great. Yeah, you feel like the weight of all that armor and stuff in, mm-hmm. in these fight scenes. I mean, do you guys want to talk about the ending? Because uh, yeah, big possessor vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite as gruesome. I don't think you don't really get to see that much. But uh, Matt Damon kills Adam Driver. <laughs> kills him by like basically what kneeing him in in the head and basically a sword just impales him right in, in the face and through the mouth through the mouth yeah, through the mouth that's yeah. what i was saying it's like possessor he shoves that fire poker through the yeah it's such a great fight there's like multiple tilts with the lance they fall off the horses they're like switching weapons and stuff and it's so good yeah but even before that when the rough and tumble like on the ground like them relancing right like reloading lances back and forth and just charging at each other a couple times like each hit was like so brutal and just the the sound effect of the the clashes but then also like the audience just gasping i think it all works really well yeah and then the last part of that duel also like there is still a character moment in there right where um Matt, Matt Damon's character, like, you know, ask him to basically, like, tell the truth, right? And he's still, in his last moments, is professing that he did not rape his wife. Yeah. Well, he doesn't think he did. That definitely tells you a lot about his character, right? And the society that they live in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where he thought that that was going to be a defense. Well, Adam Driver, he also has this very uh, ignominious end where, like, they... They strip him naked and drag him mm-hmm. through the town. Dude, and that was Fucking brutal. hang him up naked. It was brutal. Brutal fucking fate for him. Just goes to reinforce that that these duels, it's like revealing God's truth or whatever. So whoever loses, they got to make an example out of you. So, Which is such a, like, telling insight into, like, the way the minds of people who live in a society ruled by military aristocracy work, right? Like, yeah, it's like might literally makes right. Like, oh, because the aristocracy are like uh, the the warrior elite, then whoever's mightier in a duel is the one who's correct morally. Nutty stuff. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff like there's there's so much like disregard for Lady Marguerite and like what she has at stake in this movie. Like the whole way De Carouge gets the trial by combat is so fucked up too. 
He's like, uh, we'll just get everyone to gossip and say you were raped or whatever. Just tell the whole yeah, world tell that you got fucking world. raped so that the rumors will spread to the king and he will undoubtedly, like, grant us trial by combat. It's so, like, demeaning and, like, something that she has no choice in, right? I just thought that was really fucking messed up. I also love the the actual, like, trial scene where he, like, th- throws his glove down and, like, everyone's, like, gasping because, you yeah. know, they all know what that means. Yeah, very, yeah, bug, yeah. very Bugs Bunny. Yeah, and then Adam <laughs> Driver comes and, like, picks it up and, like, throws his shawl around. Like, I was just like, this is yeah, He was so dramatic, I, I fucking loved it. love this shit, yeah. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> to answer your question earlier from uh, – when we were talking about House of Gucci, like this is definitely a movie I would I would recommend to everyone. Uh, I I thought it was great, and I'm I am sad that I think that it it left theaters very very quickly because of the the lack of I think interest from the general populace. So like I, I think if you can find it, I would definitely recommend it. I think a lot of people are like nobody wants to see a bad movie about rape, and I feel like half of that statement is true. I feel like. Any movie about rape is kind of a hard sell. And and I do think like these medieval action-y type movies don't have like a very strong draw. Or something like House of Gucci is just Which very is a much shame easier to draw. It's a shame, because this movie fucking rocks. Dude, I realized maybe I just I mean like Game of Thrones withdrawal or something, but I love medieval action. Every fucking movie has to have yeah. a medieval duel in it now. It's so good. <laughs> I just had a really, really good time watching this movie. Just something visceral about that kind of combat, or it's just so brutal. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the movie is like on the wrong side of history or whatever. No, not at all. I think we all recommend both of these movies, even if one is a lot better than the other. <laughs> but yeah, if there's nothing else from you guys, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Strange Harbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me helping win the hundreds of years war for France. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Derek? Actually, I think you could find Amir finally starting a Twitter so that he could tweet out, this is just a whitewashed Russian, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. All right, you can find me on Twitter tweeting out my hot takes and ruining my reputation. <laughs> what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at the world's okayest photos and screen nations guild on instagram if you like this podcast the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or any of the other popular podcast apps if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating it really helps to get our podcast out to more people yeah if you have any questions comments suggestions about house of gucci the last duel or the movies of ridley scott feel free to shoot us an email we love getting listener mail, and sometimes we read it on the pod. So feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.